you know what? I actually think I might really enjoy this episode. Not because of like whatever rant's supposed to be there or if there's something that's like super interesting. I think it's just the fact that I have a bunch of unpopular opinions about women and relationships that I need to discuss. And for some reason, it just forces me to think a little bit outside the box. Although then again, there is also somebody that we need to give a little bit of a talk down to because there is some fatherless behavior happening out here. But all that said and done, I will get into all of that. So let me see if I can start with something particularly interesting. Now, according to recent studies, it has been shown that women prefer a man with dating and sexual experience than an inexperienced man with no experience. Okay. Like, <sighs> why the hell did I get the most obvious shit here? Like, I can get it and, you know, it's supposed to be a study and it's supposed to release some very interesting information. But this is some of the most obvious shit ever. You don't even need a study to do this shit. You can literally just go and ask any random babe if they'd prefer a virgin dude versus a guy that has some sort of sexual experience. Because they always say that they want someone with some sort of sexual experience. With guys, it's normally the other way around. And you know, the less sexual experience a babe has, the better it is for most guys. I don't know, maybe back in the day, they probably knew that women today would probably be complaining that us guys can't find the clit and shit. And, you know, they'd much rather deal with someone who doesn't know that the clit is supposed to be stimulated or some shit. But anyways, this is this is fairly basic shit. Like, like, let's deal with something that actually sounds interesting. Let me look at this other story here. So there is a man who married his sex doll who recently reported that she is also pregnant. Okay, now this now this seems like something my addy. This is something I can definitely discuss, you know? Because it's quirky enough that it's something that I talk about, but it's also stupid enough that it's actually interesting. And you kind of think about some of the possibilities here. Like, first of all, just marrying the sex doll in and of itself is something that's particularly interesting. Like, you know, when you're doing the wedding and there's the his side and there's the her side... Who the hell came on the her side? Were there like other dolls or was it like the company employees that attended it? Oh no. But anyways, let me read the very short article that brought this up. Now it says, and I quote, Yuri Tolochko, a Kazakh bodybuilder, went viral for marrying a sex doll. The man tied the knot with his sex doll, Margot, in a grand ceremony held in November 2020 after dating the sex doll for a year. In September 2022, he announced that Margot is pregnant. End quote. Alright, now, this feels like something that I should definitely be poking my questions at because there is so many questions that I'd probably want to ask here. Like, you know, how the hell the sex doll got pregnant? Like, here's the thing. If I was to buy a sex doll, you know, something that I've contemplated doing and I actually wouldn't mind doing, it would be because it is probably the most cost-effective way to get sex because it's a one-time purchase. She doesn't say no or complain that she's in her periods, you know, not unless if they got the new version 2.0 or some shit. And for the most part, the number one thing that you really have to worry about is turning her on, which is mostly a switch and, you know, making sure that she's probably charged or some shit. But this guy decides to go ahead and marry the thing, alright? And there's a definite madness in that. But he goes on a step further to claim that his sex doll, you know, the thing that you shag because it's not going to give you a baby and doesn't complain all the time, is pregnant. Like, what exactly is going to happen? What exactly do you expect of the kid that you're supposedly going to have? Like, 
is this guy going to be one of those supposed like happy dads who's like yes i want to have this child and i will call him hugo so that we can both have names that have four letters and we can go and work out together and yet the reality of it is even though margo could produce a kid it's made of plastic it's not like it's going to grow or some shit so i don't see what future you'd want to see in this kid but even though i may not be a pro-life person this is one of those times when even pro-life people will be like you know what it's probably safer for the environment if we don't add one more piece of plastic in this entire equation. Although, then again, considering that there are people that believe that love is love, I will leave this situation as is. Maybe they might have something better to say about it and move things on because I do have a podcast that I should have started in a more typical, less plasticky fashion where I start by saying... Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one Breaktime podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who has now started believing that love is blind. Because clearly, if a man can see a lustful bit of plastic and decide that he wants a future with it, then I guess he probably can't see sense either. He's a man whose favorite cardio routine includes skipping leg day. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, I'm going to say it for you. And if you know the drill and you're not going to sing it along with me, then it's okay because it kind of sounds like a song. It's almost a drill, but it just relates to how it is that you can contribute to the making of these episodes. And it's a very simple drill, almost sounds like a song, and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle, and I will take it from that and I will handle it accordingly on Facebook or on IG if it happens to be a screenshot, a screen grab, or even a video or a reel involving a tweet that you'd want me to discuss. Then the place to send it to is at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook or on IG. The DMs are always open and I would be more than happy to take it from there and handle it accordingly. Now. I do have a couple of tweets that I want to get into and they're all roughly around the same thing which is unpopular opinion and I will get to that in a little bit. But first, I need to root out a bit of fatherless behavior. And yes, I know there's other things that were plaguing us over the past week like the LGBT rights thingy which I probably should discuss. But you know what, I don't feel like getting in between that because we need to talk some sense into niggas nowadays. Now, apparently, there is a man who at the beginning of this past week decided to walk in the open streets with a placard trying to propose to a female journalist who is particularly light-skinned that became famous sometime towards the end of last year. Now, the journalist in question is Liz Jackson. For those of you all that don't know Liz Jackson, I actually did cover her on one of my previous episodes and she was busy talking about how her rent is 90k and the man that she gets has to make more and shit. And I did kind of get into the entire thing about how her being introduced to one of the former governors known as Alfred Mutua kind of did boost her ego quite a bit to, you know, very entitled levels. And that shit don't mean shit because he's known for going for small light skinned babes. But anyways, we move. Now, this young guy known as Jaha P decided to profess his love by writing on a placard and walking around Nairobi pretty much saying that whenever he sees Liz Jackson's photos, he normally dies inside, but he doesn't want to be silent anymore. He goes on further to say that he's ready to propose to her and even asked for people to help get the message to her. 
Now, of course, the message did get to her because, you know, the picture of him carrying a placard around kind of went a little bit viral. And she responded by saying that she wouldn't mind dating the guy, provided that he would reveal his net worth to her. And if she finds that the net worth is okay to her, then she can choose to date this guy. And to be very honest, like, I don't know if this is cloud chasing or just simping or both. But whatever the hell this guy did, like, this is quite literally fatherless behavior. And yes, I know I've used it a little bit on this podcast, but it's a fairly new thing. And I figured I might as well take advantage of the bloody thing. Because when you think about it, like, if you think about the stuff that pastors usually say, where they're like, you leave your father and your mother, and you go and you choose this woman so that you can start a family with her and shit, I can probably use the same exact thing. You leave your father and your mother in the house, or, you know, you leave them in the village and you pretty much come here. You have your house and you decide to leave your house to go and start proposing to somebody who's a bit of a public figure who has clearly shown that she wants niggas with money you know and it doesn't look like you have much of it and you're like i want to propose to this woman like come on bruh like even though it's romance leave that shit in the movies like let's be particularly honest about something just the same way i was talking about selflessness being a bit selfish This is one of those cases where I'm like, this isn't even romance. This is just plain old stupidity. Because if you know very well, because you're such a big fan that you've probably checked out all her photos and you watch the videos where she's featured, that she likes guys that have money or she wants a guy that at least makes about six figures going up, probably roughly about 300K if I remember my math very well. If you know that she wants this kind of guy, why not first focus on getting the money first then you go and propose to the babe like i get it she's a light-skinned babe and she's particularly fine and some guys like small babes and this guy is probably one of them but honestly this is not how you're supposed to do it the reason why us guys talk about self-improvement is so that we can make such situations easier for dudes but if you're going out there professing love my nigga I hate to be the one to say this because even I tend to have money problems, but it's not like love is gonna pay the bills. It's not like you're gonna give your landlord a hug or her landlord a hug so that she can live in a house worth 90 G's. Because if that was the case, my nigga, I would be staying in houses worth millions because I have amazing ass hugs. But at the end of the day, even though you could push that one aside, like why would you go to such lengths just to get the babe? Because at the end of the day, It's not like the babe will respect you simply because you went out of your way to profess your love to her. Like, one of the best ways that you can pull a babe is to show that you're of value so that she can see the value in you. But if you're just professing love, you're literally just going with a placard. There's nothing of value that you're showing besides the fact that you promise that you'll probably be a loving person to her. Which can probably be taken back with a little bit of post-nut clarity. But then again, considering that dude still went out of his way and Shorty said that she wanted a guy with a high net worth, I hope the guy got his message and he goes back to his father or he goes back to his father figure and at least learns some manners and how to pick up girls besides going and begging and pleading to be with them. But all that said and done, let me stop sounding like I'm such a bitter old person and move on to something that I enjoy doing, which is dealing with unpopular opinions. So on to our very first unpopular opinion, of this episode. Co-parenting is a new successful marriage. 
Okay, so first of all, let me just give a bit of context. So I went to one particular tweet which had the question which was, what unpopular opinion can put you in this position? And the position is a bunch of people pointing knives at you. And this are the tweets that are sort of coming from it. That said, back to the whole idea of co-parenting being the new successful marriage. Can it be the case? Sort of. Okay, actually, to kind of put things into perspective, I don't think it's the new successful marriage. I actually feel like the new successful marriage is cohabitation with your partner. Like not even getting married, not even having a good or a bad marriage. It's just cohabiting with your partner. And I can say that for a couple of reasons. One, because it's still something that's very possible for a lot of people. And thus, it's almost an ideal for people. Secondly, there's a lot of people that aren't particularly getting married in Kenya, or at least in Nairobi. Hell, could be a Kenya thing, could be a Nairobi thing. But people aren't getting married for some reason. You could say it's a divorce thing. You could say it's the cost of marriage. You could say it's all of the fluff and all of the ceremonies and ceremonial decorations that come with it. But ideally, there's a lot of people that are getting a kid and just choosing to settle down together. And they pretty much act as man and wife and they have their kid or kids and they pretty much live life as is. Now, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I can't entirely say. You know, there's benefits for marriage and, you know, having the marriage certificate and there's disadvantages for having it or not having it. But all in all, I feel like that one's actually the new successful marriage because at least you get to have both parents to the kids there. And a lot of times you don't necessarily even need the ceremony, but these two people can actually choose to be together the entire way. Co-parenting is good because at least you guys maintain a good relationship and you can raise the kid fairly well. But in terms of child development, it does have its issues because when one parent isn't present, then the other parent can weaponize the kid against that parent. Then also there's the idea of the Frankenstein families where it's like the single mom and the single dad both not having had kids with each other decide to come together and it's like these sort of jointed up Frankenstein type caterpillar type marriages that exist which could probably cause some sort of complication because you know you're sort of half siblings but you guys aren't joined together by blood it's literally just your parents that got married and shit which is which is a little bit interesting and a little bit of a dicey situation but all in all even though both parents don't settle down with other people and they choose to co-parent because clearly the past two generations showed us that, you know, staying in a marriage might not be all that great for most people, then of course it does seem like a pretty good option. I feel like it's more of a good marriage rather than a successful marriage in terms of the new idea because the new idea of the successful marriage is cohabitation because there's fewer people getting married but it's successful because both parents are actually present and they come home to each other every single day. But all that said and done, I will leave it at that and I will move it on to our very next unpopular opinion of this episode. Women love telling men their roles, but complain about oppression when we tell them theirs. Okay, is there a way that I can refute? Actually, no, I, I, I don't even feel like trying to find a way to defend this or, or, or at least uh, speak against it and say, oh, no, you know, that's not the case for women. Because it's actually true. Like, it's actually a true thing. And, you know, there's reasons for it. But let's be very honest. It's actually a very true thing. Babes nowadays all about, oh, you know, a man's role is to provide. Oh, you know, a man's role is this, a man's role is that. Like, I listen to babes day in, day out. Busy telling me what my role as a man is. 
but you think of telling a bitch that she's supposed to be in the kitchen cooking up a meal or she should be making sure that the house is clean and all of a sudden they look at you and they're like you're a misogynistic prick and you're like why the fuck is that a problem what's so bad about going to the kitchen and making your man's a sandwich like nowadays people look at that and some babes consider it slavery or oppression or some shit and you're like what's so wrong with you actually dedicating yourself to ensure that some person and the children are particularly happy like what's so wrong with that though i've always been very curious with people that usually say such shit but all in all like people can talk about how oh you know this pro-feminism era kind of de-pedestalized and demoralized the idea of the female gender role and shit and you can't say that that's the case and to a certain degree when you kind of think about it it's kind of like the situation with a lot of men nowadays and not knowing their place in society because you know provision protection and all of that shit is sort of being outsourced and someone else can do it you're not relied on to do it and they sort of feel out of place but it's sort of with the babes because with the babes yes you know it's not like they've lost their role or anything but it's not been kept to why it traditionally was it's not like babes are being told oh you know being a mom is great or you should enjoy being in the kitchen cooking for your man or anything it's them being told you know what go to the offices that a lot of these men are and go and dominate and get to the ceo position that a lot of these men will compete for and hell they're even putting up quotas for that shit and they're pushing babes to earn more and yet when you think about it in the long run it's like they're competing themselves out of a good mate like that which is a bit weird it's very very weird and you know that kind of goes into the whole mating crisis and everything but that's sort of besides the point all in all i do totally agree with this because a lot of babes don't want to be told that they should go to the kitchen and make their man's a sandwich probably because they feel like they're now being oppressed but yeah this is this is definitely true but let me leave it at that move it onwards so on to our very next unpopular opinion of this episode women are usually the ones who unconsciously create broken and abusive men most of these women were raised in a household where the mother was not nurturing nor caring. Some women raised their sons with a general hate for men. Okay, can I say that it's true? Maybe to a certain degree. Although actually, now that I think about it, it's not a women thing. I think in terms of creating broken and abusive men, it's it's both genders. Because there's a lot of cases where you'll hear young men who are raised pretty well by their mothers or at least the mothers try to care for them they treated them nicely they got them a lot of things hell they probably even spoiled them who will still end up becoming abusive and might even be alcoholics and there's actually a story that i think gets used and reused quite a bit where people talk about how there's like this abusive father who drinks a lot and has two sons and he always beats the mom and the guy is always like drunk and he's an alcoholic and shit and when the two sons grow up because it's like a difference thing one son hates alcohol and is a pacifist and then the other son is an abusive person and you know abuses their partner on a verbal and on a physical level and is also an alcoholic and you know could even be worse and there's that whole talk and it does kind of make sense you know sometimes the men actually do drive their sons to end up being broken and abusive people and there's that that can be spoken about it of which someone can also come back and say oh you know it was the mom's fault she was the one that decided to marry this guy blah 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 and we can have that debate till kingdom come but in terms of broken men 
I don't think it's entirely a single gender thing. What I can say is entirely because of women, you know, on a conscious and unconscious level, is assholes. Yes, a lot of men becoming assholes, turning into assholes. That one, I can blame it on the women. Because when you look at some of the rejection tactics that babes will use, when you look at how some babes reject guys and treat guys like shit, when these guys were trying to be genuinely great guys to them, or, you know, just trying to be the nice boyfriend or the guy that she can like, you actually do see how these guys end up being turned into assholes. And actually, there's sort of this belief that a lot of people have had for a couple of years where they're like, a lot of the assholes, actually, a lot of the players that exist out here in the streets are actually genuinely great guys that were treated like shit by, say, one babe or like two or three babes. And it actually does make sense. And I can admit that even from my own personal experience, that is something that actually does happen. Because there's a lot of cases where you go ahead and you go out of your and you try to be nice to this person, you try to treat them nicely, and then all they do is just treat you like shit. Or they treat you like a disposable thing, you know, almost like a used condom or some shit. Or hell, they end up smashing the guy that treated them like absolute garbage while you've been going out of your way to try and be as great of a person to them as possible. And the thing is, a lot of guys do end up snapping because of such situations. As situations where guys were just trying to be great boyfriends or trying to be this really good guy to their woman, to their girlfriend, and then the babe ends up treating them like absolute shit. And yes, that has turned a lot of guys into assholes. Now, does it mean that they need to stay assholes? Not necessarily. I do believe that people do need some time to heal and do need to learn from their ways. But does it mean that now they're broken and, you know, they should become abusive people? No, I don't think that that should turn them into that. But all in all, I can admit that there are some men that have become broken and abusive as a result of a babe or a couple of babes. But I don't think that makes all of them. So I'm going to leave it at that and I'm going to move it on to the final one. So on to our very last unpopular opinion of this episode. Nobody really likes broke boys. Honestly, this statement is probably true, but it usually depends on who says it. That's that's usually the thing that will qualify it as an okay unpopular opinion or a bad unpopular opinion. But it is mostly to a certain degree to be particularly true. And the thing is, when you look at who says it, it kind of will vary. So if it's a babe that says she wants a guy that can take care of her spoiler, but she doesn't do jack shit, it's not like she's making money or anything, then to be very honest, bitch, you don't have any right to say this shit. You're just waiting for someone to come and scoop you up and possibly save you from whatever potential misery you might have if you don't end up being with a financially stable man. But if it's a guy who actually has means and he's saying that nobody likes broke boys, like say for example, if it was Andrew Tate saying it, then it would be particularly okay. Like guys would be like, you know what, it makes sense. Yes, no one likes to be broke, but also we don't like broke guys around us. And that would make complete sense. And it's kind of like the whole talk of women wanting guys because of money and how that's a bad thing. Like it's okay to say that, or at least it's not that it's an untrue statement it's usually just a matter of who gets to say it if you're a guy that doesn't make much money or if you're a guy that's broke if i can put it that way and you're saying such a thing the babes will look at you and they're like you're probably only saying that because you don't have money 
but if you're a guy with means and you're talking about how women wanting guys just because of money and shit is a bad thing then at that point you have a chance to argue it out because you have the means and thus you can argue it out by saying that you just don't want a babe to only look at you and just see money and it kind of makes sense because there's a lot of guys who'll say oh you know it's a problem when babes just want you for your money and then they make a bunch of bank and they're like oh you know what i have money blah 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 and you know they're ready to flip that coin and change the goalposts but all in all the reality of it is it's actually mostly a true statement it's not something that's a lie it's true the only issue is who gets to say it and with that i will open the floor to you to sort of tell me if you agree or you disagree or whichever feedback you felt probably resonated with you because the dms are open at Bagaka the D on Twitter is where you can find me at on Facebook and on IG. It is at Break Time on Westside. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end, and I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>